Hi there. Welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, an on-the-go source of original and unique jewelry with stories of the designers who create it. My name is Brenna Pakes. I'm a graduate gemologist with a degree in geology. I've worked in the retail sector for over 15 years. After completing my graduate gemology diploma and working in the industry for a little while, I took an intermittent career break and worked for a major airline. That's why I combine the theme of aviation and the concept of navigating shoppers to choices of unique jewelry, as well as understanding gem selection and jewelry construction, as well as metal choices. I do a coordinating blog post for every podcast showing photos of the jewelry that we're talking about, as well as links to the jewelers and more information about them. So I hope you enjoy the episodes and feel free to subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator Passport, a way to stay up to date with the current episodes and upcoming features. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy the episode. Today's guest on Jewelry Navigator Podcast is an artist that I've admired her jewelry on Instagram for quite some time. Her name is Tracy Trainer, and she lives in Dublin, Ireland. You'll hear more about her story in just a few minutes, but I wanted to read her about page from her website, which is beautifully wrapped up from the beginnings of her jewelry interests all the way to what took her to Dublin. Tracy says, when buying a piece of handmade jewelry, it should feel like an heirloom. Not a bad philosophy when handcrafting precious metals. Tracy Trainer's journey to arrive at jewelry designer may have been a while in the making, but definitely not surprising. She says, I have a vivid memory of being 12 and my grandmother gifting me all of her costume jewelry from the 1940s. There was a jade green Bakelite necklace that I adored and wouldn't take off, she says. So after years of working and living everywhere from Budapest to Abu Dhabi, it was the quiet beauty of the Irish countryside that finally let Tracy explore her love of jewelry design in 2015. I always wanted to do jewelry because it's so imaginative and the possibilities are endless, says Tracy of her pieces that are primarily handcrafted in sterling silver. Most of the inspiration behind her collections comes from nature, whether it's her love of koi fish from a childhood spent in Japan, the ephemeral beauty of a butterfly, or the striking braided rivers of Iceland. I love seeing how I can make something out of metal, but still have it retain a sense of life and movement, says Tracy. Connecting and designing jewelry is a very personal process for Tracy, with much thought and multiple wax castings created before landing at the perfect place. I've really come to understand the beauty of hand carving, and I feel like, to some degree, it's becoming a lost art, she says. I really enjoy the process of creating these small sculptures, designs that really surprise people. When designing, she always thinks in terms of a collection, and her goal is always to create something unique that will be appreciated and adored. Currently designing out of her studio northwest of Dublin, Tracy resides in a rambling country house with her husband, son, and Senora Delgado, her bench cat. 
Always open to collaboration, she welcomes custom orders. Thanks so much for joining me today, and I'm excited to share Tracy's story. Without further ado, welcome aboard. But a good place to start, and this is where I have most of my guests start with, is with your story. First of all, how you became an artist and how you ended up in Ireland. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You must have a lot of time. <laughs> it's funny because before you came on the call, I was reading your about page because it's so well uh, packaged. It's a it's a perfect. So if you want to just go along, you know that storyline and then get into a little bit more of what you're doing today, that's fine too. Okay. Well, um, oh gosh, I don't even know where to start. Okay, well, um, yeah, I've done a lot of moving around in my time. Um, I was actually, as you can tell, I, I'm American, but I was raised in Japan. I was born in Japan. Okay. And um, I spent, um, I think I spent uh, my formative years up to about the age of four in Japan before my parents moved over to uh, Northern Virginia. And uh-huh. And uh, anyway, I was always very artistic, always. Um, my mother is an artist. She is, she's a great painter. Um, and it's one of those things that as I grew up, um, it was just kind of around me, and I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't follow it. I didn't follow it when I went off to university. I was going to be an actress. <laughs> so, oh. I, yeah. <laughs> So I, um, I ended up, uh, just long story short, I ended up going to Emerson College. I studied theater, and then I changed majors, went to advertising and public relations. And um, when I left Emerson, I went back down to D.C. And um, this, show, this will tell you how I got, to, how I got over to, to Ireland the first time. Um, okay. I, met a, I met a lovely Irish guy. Um, in a bar in Georgetown, and he was my future husband. So that's how I ended up over in Ireland. Um, Okay. Yeah, so anyway, um, but we moved around quite a bit, and I always worked in offices, and I did fairly serious work. Um, But when my son was five, I stopped working and I just became a stay-at-home mom and the thing is is like when you're an artistic person if you don't if you don't have that outlet to do something creative it eats away at you mm-hmm. over time when my son was I think about 14 years old that's when I started seeing the light at the end of the tunnel he's going to be done with high school he won't need me anymore I'm going to have mm-hmm. him on my hands so I ended up, um, I decided to do something for myself, and I ended up uh, going to the school, of, uh, the school of Jewelry in Dublin. And that's where I started learning about silversmithing and goldsmithing. And that is when I also started surrounding myself with other creative people, and it was such a, it was just such a joy to do something that was for me, 
And it was such a joy to do something that just gave me that outlet to use my imagination. And there's mm-hmm. nothing more rewarding than having an idea about something. And it's one thing to put it in paint or on paper, but to have a vision about, of, of something and to make it in metal is just extraordinary. And so that's kind of how I got into my, my style of design and, um, and jewelry. It's been great. It's been great fun. I love how you just described how rewarding it is to take something from an idea, you know, a concept, a drawing, and interpret it into metal and have it come to life in a three-dimensional, tactile way. I think that's part of the magic of jewelry and how we connect to it. Um, so that was such a beautiful way you described that whole process and how you came came to it. Yeah, it's one of those things that I'll tell you, um, the first design that really sparked my imagination was my Papillon wing ring, the big butterfly. Uh-huh. And the story behind that is um, I was talking to uh, my hairdresser, of all people, <laughs> and she was asking me about jewelry. And at the time, I was just, I was still learning. I was still learning. And um, I'm one of those people that I get a little bit bored if I find, if I, I, I find I'm doing something that's oh, just a little uh, too mundane or ordinary, you know? Mm-hmm. And she said to me, oh, I saw the most amazing ring. It's, uh, it was a butterfly ring. And I said, oh, well, what did it look like? Because, you know, I've seen a million butterfly rings. And uh, she said it was a band and it had a butterfly stamped on it. <laughs> and she said, you could make that. <laughs> and I said, yeah, yeah, I could make that, but I won't. And she said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, it's been done a hundred times. And I said, and quite honestly, it's a bit boring. And um, she said, well, what would you do? And I said, I'd have it fly off my finger. Uh-huh. And she said, could you really do that? And I said, yeah, why not? I could do anything if I set my mind to it. And, um, and I, I left the hairdressers, and I, I went straight to the bench, and I just started hacking away at a piece of wax. And I was all picture, no sound, for about two days just to get the perfect butterfly, you know. And it was one of those things that um, I was really fortunate that it was a weekend and my husband was able to cook for my son because... <laughs> Nobody would have gotten fed. It was just like I was so single-minded, you know. Uh-huh. But it was great because it just really, it was just, um, I thought, God, yeah, you know, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. And that, that, was, the, that was the real sort of beginning of my journey. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I love how you took that whole concept and made it your own, but you took it one step further and you carved life into it from a piece of wax as if the butterfly was, you know, on your finger as part of the ring. That's yeah. so cool, Tracy. I love that story. Uh, well, thanks. And, you know, it's, it's just one of those, 
you know, it, when you're bringing life to, to a design like that, you're looking at it from every single angle. And you're, you know, with that, as I was carving it, I was imagining, okay, well, butterflies look like their wings are always straight as they're flying. Mm-hmm. They've got to be struggling against the wind. You know, they're so delicate, they've got to be struggling against the wind. So I gave it that little extra bit of movement where the wings are kind of bending with the wind, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it just made it, I don't know, just... It's it's just a really special design, and and I think because of the, you know, I think because of how it gave me that little kick that I needed, um, it's a really special one to me. That really is special. I mean, the whole was that your first one of your first rings? Yeah, it was. It was. Okay. it was one of my first rings. And then soon after that, I thought, I want to make a bird. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where my in-flight um, designs came because, you know, just I thought that would be amazing if I could do, if I could get that sort of the motion of a bird in flight or landing that would just look amazing. Um, and they did. And, and, and one of the things that I love about that, um, that design is, you know, when I first learned um, wax carving, I was told, oh, you can't have texture. Everything should be smooth. Mm-hmm. It, you know, there, it, it, it's, it's got to be flawless. But the thing is, is nothing is ever flawless, is it? And... Um, but with with birds, and even with the butterfly, if you look really close, there's texture on them. They have, mm-hmm. you know. And so I used, I actually, instead of using smooth needle files, I used really coarse wax, wax files. And I gave the, the, the bird a feather-like texture that with the patination, because I like, I like contrast, too, um, it just makes the piece more interesting. And the patination on that bird just makes it look like a raven. It's just, you know, it really is, um, it's just so cool looking. And that was, that was the second design that I thought, that's it, okay, I'm, I'm off. <laughs> and, um, yeah, but you, you had mentioned that you had, um, you had a special connection with that piece, with the cocktail ring. Mm-hmm. I do. I was going to tell you about that. First of all, I have two questions. Well, one question. What, what is patination? Patination is um, it, it, it's oxi- it, it's when you oxidize jewelry. So I use um, liver sulfur, and it's okay. a chemical process that changes the color of silver. Okay. It stinks. It absolutely <laughs> stinks. It smells like rotten eggs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's the same smell. It's the same smell when you're cleaning your silver, right? When you're cleaning yeah. it with, yes, with the, um, there's a solution, and I don't know what's in it, but the, um, the, the reaction with the oxygen and the, the, um, the oxidation on the silver, oh, yeah, I know exactly it's what you're talking disgusting. about. Yeah, if, and if you took a piece of silver jewelry and put it in a bag with a boiled egg 
it would turn it black. Oh. It's sulfur. Yeah, it's the sulfur from the, the egg that would turn the silver black. It's a, it's a chemical reaction. That's really But like with oxidized jewelry, you have to feel it. And it does change over time. The color, the colors will change over time depending on how you wear it and how you handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I kind of, I like that. I like the thought of it being, I guess because my designs tend to be so organic, I like the thought of that organic process of it changing with you, the design changing with you. Mm-hmm. I like that too. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things, too, that you have to be careful with because when you store uh, patented jewelry, you have to keep it away from other silver jewelry because it, it can, the, the, the fumes from it can actually tarnish other silver jewelry. Oh, okay. That's yeah. good to know. Mm-hmm. Is that the same thing as antiquing or is that that's different? Um, no, it's pretty much the same thing. I think there are lots of different, you know, phrases or terms that people use for it, but it is, it is pretty much the same thing. Okay. All right. Um, well, this is perfect timing because I don't, I'm not sure when I'm going to publish this, but it'll be um, sometime either in September or, yeah, probably September. Um, the bird, that's such a beautiful image and for any of you listening, you have to go see Tracy's jewelry, either on her website or on her Instagram. And your Instagram feed is at Tracy Trainer Jewelry. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And um, jewelry, because she's in Europe, is spelled J-E-W-E-L-L-E-R-Y. So that's how you can find her on Instagram. But... Um, as we're talking, you can probably figure out her designs are based on a sense of movement, and she interprets that into her into her jewelry designs beautifully. And Tracy, the way you're describing the feathers, it looks just like feathers. The way you have texturized the the wax, and it's it's beautiful. If it weren't textured, I don't know that people would understand that it's supposed to be a bird. Yeah, I think you're right. It would just be, um, it would just be like an antiquastic piece, wouldn't it? I think. Mm-hmm. I think so too. But this really captured my attention, especially um, this time of year, because after listening to my podcast, you know my my story being a flight attendant for American Airlines, and with 9/11 coming up this week, it's it's a really hard date for me to pause and remember because it came really close to my family of flight attendant friends because flight 77 that departed Dulles that morning that crashed into the Pentagon I knew the whole crew on that airplane no it's okay because each year that goes by you know we we remember them. Of course, we'll always remember them, but we also need to honor their memory and everybody's memories who passed tragically. And then subsequently, you know, in years later, even the first responders who are, you know, finding that they're, they're sick from having 
served during that you know, traumatic recovery time in New York City. And um, But anyway, the, the bird just really resonated with me. And just how beautiful its freedom looks makes me remember how... Um, I just want to take a moment and share some of the inspiration that Tracy's in-flight ring had for me. With 9-11 being last week, it always is really difficult for so many of us. And we all had different experiences. If you're older than 25 years old, you certainly remember that day. And the older you are, the more you do remember it. And as I've become to know so many designers and jewelry professionals in the New York City area, impacts those memories so much more. And Tracy's ring just resonated so much with me in how the motion in that form of her in-flight ring, it captures a feeling of freedom freedom from sadness, however you want to interpret it, but freedom from fear and freedom to do what we love to do. That's why her ring just resonated so much with me. So thank you for letting me share and let's continue with the episode. Our youngest daughter goes to, um, she's involved with equine therapy. So your jewelry just really made a very deep connection. It just brings new life to it. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's so nice to hear. It's so nice to hear that it can bring a nice feeling. I always hope that when somebody looks at one of my pieces, they, it does capture a moment for them or a feeling for them um, because that's what art is. Art's always, you know, art is relative to the person and what somebody might be thinking when they make something, it might have different meaning for another person who's actually viewing it. And the fact that you can look at those pieces and they have meaning for you is amazing. That makes me so happy. Well, good. And that means that you're, you're certainly on the right track because if that, if that evokes those kind of emotions for me, I mean, just think what it must do for others. So I'm really, I'm just so happy that you're able to tell your story today and I'm able to share your jewelry and how, how it does connect for me. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about your cufflinks. Um, I think the men get left out a lot with jewelry, and they oh, don't have a. I know they don't have a whole lot of options. There aren't very many men who are bold enough to wear a lot of rings or a ring other than a wedding band or um, you know a, a signet or a class ring that they have a connection to. So having the cufflinks um, that definitely gives them an option whether they're their career, dress professionally with French cuff shirts, um, or whether it's just for special occasions like a wedding or a graduation or an anniversary dinner, it gives them the option to have something that 
is is a reflection of what makes them unique and what they appreciate. So yeah. tell me tell me how you decided on creating the collection that you have started for your cufflinks. Well, I tell you, my husband works mostly in London, and I lived in London for five years myself. And uh-huh. um, men in the UK and a lot of men in Ireland tend to wear cufflinks um, with their shirts. Mm-hmm. you know, for work. I just, you know, it's one of those things, I agree with you, I think men are overlooked when it comes to jewelry and accessories. And I just told my husband, you know what, I'm going to design some cufflinks. My first cufflink design was the, the braided river. Um, mm-hmm. So I have the ebb and I have the flow. I have a satin finish and I have patinated finish. And that was inspired by um, uh, by a trip to Iceland. Um, and the you know the have you ever seen a braided river? No. Um, they're amazing. It's the it, it, it's a current that has been essentially frozen in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see the you see the variations of texture. You see the you know, you see the, the, the current kind of interweaving. And um, and I thought it was just so beautiful. And it's really elegant, but it's also a very strong, natural look. And so that's how I came up with that first design. But, you know, I think the thing is, is like um, a lot of cufflinks, too, for men are a little bit boring. Um there are a lot of circles. There are a lot of squares. And it's another one of those things of, well, how do we make it interesting? Because the, the, the men that, um, that I know, they like to have, you know, like my husband goes to a lot of functions. He likes to wear something a little bit different. And it's amazing how men actually notice cufflinks and they'll talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's one of those things that I just kind of thought, you know, from the Braided River, um, then I went to the, uh, the little koi cufflinks, which those are quite symbolic because in Japanese culture, they're symbols of success and prosperity. So I just kind of followed that because, um, like I said, men, men enjoy having something a little bit different too, and if it makes them feel more confident and comfortable, you know, why not? It's, um, you know, when you're getting dressed up, you, you want to look your best, right? <laughs> so, right. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you, and I think they're very handsome, but at the same time it has enough of something that stands out. And yeah. um, the shape of them is they're just beautiful and i think it you know it makes us makes us stand up a little taller and feel really nice about ourselves especially when we're getting ready for something special or something um a presentation that we want to look our best because that all reflects through and you know it it all contributes to the whole experience so i just love that you've done that whole collection um I'll tell you, I, and actually I've sold a few of the cufflinks to women too, but I wear the cufflinks occasionally. Nice. Um, because with a nice tailored blouse, they look really sharp. <laughs> um, 
And what's funny, too, when we're talking about adornment, you know, for, for men and cufflinks, um, I won't say who it was, but the first person to, when I opened my website, the first person to buy a piece from me was actually a man. And he is very well known, and he bought himself the equus pendant, the horse pendant for himself. Nice. You know, so I kind of, what I like about my designs um, is that I feel that men and women can wear them. You know, they're not exclusive. My, the, like the cufflinks aren't so masculine that a woman couldn't wear them, um, you know, with a nice tailored blouse. I don't know if that's a unique thing to me, but that's how I feel about my stuff. Mm-hmm. That's true. I hadn't really given it much thought, but you're you're completely right. I uh, so much of the styling and the pieces lend themselves really easily to you know for both men and women to wear because they're masculine enough, and yet the movement lends itself to a very feminine, delicate feel, but it's substantial enough for a man to wear. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of your favorite things that you that you like to share or some of your favorite pieces that that have really taken off? Mm-hmm. Well, um oh gosh, I, I think the braided rivers everybody loves the braided rivers. They love the cuff. Mhm. And the cuff is really it's very striking, but it's quite substantial too. Um but right now I'm working on a design that um, I had a little teaser on Instagram. It's, uh, it's inspired my, by my cat, Senor Delgado, <laughs> <laughs> who um, he's my constant companion, my shadow. Um, and he lays next to my workbench while I'm working. And uh, so I'm working on, on a design based on him. And it's something that... Um, you know, because everything is, is done by hand and I'm not using CAD or anything like that, um, and it's an organic process for me, I might have one vision, but it can change ten times, so everything takes a lot longer. But I'm working on that design right now, which is going to be um, a very neat uh, design of a cat. He's... I'm going to tell you what it is. I don't know if um, we should put this in. But, yeah, so since he is always with me, I figure, you know, I should should have something dedicated to him. (laughs) I see what you mean now. When you said your teaser on Instagram, I see your wax. But, yeah, I won't say anything. And when you do get ready to release that, let me know because um, I will. on Saturdays, I like to do catter days. I so. know they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's. I think it's fun to throw some things in there that aren't jewelry, just to kind of like shake everybody out of the whole jewelry. Um, I think we get so transfixed in in the zone of jewelry where you just need something to have fun and cut loose and remember that it's for fun that we need to be having fun. Oh, I know. I know. I know your family's probably waiting for you for dinner, so. (laughs) (laughs) Where can people find you? 
they can find me on Facebook at Tracy Trainer Jewelry. Okay. Um, and that's spelled with J E W E L L E R Y. Um, and on Instagram um, or on my website, tracytrainerjewelry.com. Okay. Do you ever do uh, commission pieces where people come to you with an idea? Will you do those kind of I things as well? I love doing commission pieces. Love it. I think it's so much fun. I think it's so much fun. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So if someone has an idea for especially a nature theme um, that involves you know, capturing the essence of of movement in nature. I think um, your design aesthetic and how you how you um, interpret design into movement. I think that would be um, a perfect match for somebody who has an interest in that kind of a design. Oh well, I think um, that's what I try to do. So. Yeah, if somebody were interested, I'd definitely be happy to talk to them and um, come up with a couple ideas and see if you know, see if they were happy. Good, perfect. Um, like I said, you can find Tracy on Instagram, and she just mentioned her Facebook page. And thank you so much, Tracy, for taking time across the pond to visit with us. It was really a delight to get to hear your voice. And I hope one day to meet you in person. But for now, it's really lovely to talk to you. Thanks so much, Brenna. I, I can't uh, tell you how much I appreciated the opportunity. And um, it's been a lot of fun. So I definitely, I, I, I'm sure that our paths will cross in the future. I'm sure they will. Thank you. Thanks so much, Brenna. You're welcome, Tracy. All right, Bye. have a good evening. You too. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. I want to be sure to mention that Tracy will be attending and showing in Artist Star Jewels in Milan. The event is a showcase for artisanal and sculptural jewelry during Milano Jewelry Week this October 24th through 27th. I wish Tracy a wonderful time and best of luck in Milan. Be sure to keep watching my Instagram feed at Jewelry Navigator for posts sharing Tracy's jewelry, including personalized photos of her Equus horse pendant with me. Also, do you like to know how jewelry like Tracy's is created? On her Instagram feed, which is at Tracy Trainer Jewelry, and that's spelled with two L's in the European spelling, she often shares behind the scenes while creating a piece of her jewelry, as well as explains the processes that she's using. I really enjoyed visiting with Tracy and so appreciate taking her time with me, especially during the busy dinner hour of her Sunday night, and hope you enjoyed hearing her story. Be sure to join us next week when my guest will be Larissa Worstiuk of Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing. She'll be sharing tips with us on how to get organized just in time for the holiday season and prepare social media posts as well as some other tips on getting ready for that most imperative time for us in the jewelry industry. Until next time, be sure you cross-check your sparkle. Thanks for joining me and take care. Bye-bye.